It's a good show. Hi, I'm Derek Mears, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake. show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host, Andras Jones, here in the studio with Miranda Zeiger. Hello. Performing the Oracle Fodder for our musical divinations. And now joining us to ask his question to the Pop Oracle, my great friend and acting teacher, Morgan Shepard. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, Morgan. Nice to see you again. It is a treat to have you here. And, of course. Uh, I, uh, I recently heard you. I was uh, One of my favorite podcasts to listen to is the Projection Booth podcast. And they had a very long and exhaustive interview with you, which I'm glad that, is, that is, it's been committed to tape. And I will post a link to that so people can hear an hour and a half of you talking about the many, many roles that you've done and your, whether it's Max Headroom or your work with David Lynch or your work with the Royal Shakespeare Company or on and on and on and on and on. Um, but the, th- the reason I invited you here to talk today was because we met at an acting studio called the Vincent Chase Workshop in, what was it, 1980? No, 60... 60... <laughs> You were on the porch of the workshop, and as I came through for the first time ever to that place, you stood there, looked at me, and went, could you hear some lines, please? (laughs) What? What? Could you hear my lines? I got my cues for this audition, and I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And I said, oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Yes, all right, sir. Okay, so I heard your lines and uh, you went in. And I hadn't seen Vince for 15 years. This is Vincent Chase, Vincent the, Chase the man whose who, workshop it was. Whose workshop it was. And he just turned and looked at me and went, Hi. <laughs> and that, that was it. And you've been teaching with Vince with, all, all this time? He died a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, I was sort of there in that sense that he came out of his room into where the workshop was. And I'd gone in to teach because um, he'd rung, telephoned me and just said, I've got students and I'm worried, you know, you're going to lose them. You know, you know what Hollywood's like, and I do. And I went, yeah, I know, I know. He said, well, would you come and stay with them, just stay with them for, for just for a while? So I said, yeah. So I've been doing it for six or seven weeks now. And uh, I'm enjoying it. I, it's I was back again doing what I like doing. I love doing it. I really do. Because I can see the damage. 
Hmm. You know, everybody's walking wounded, and uh, uh, they really are. And it's great to be able to sort of nurse that, mm-hmm. put a put a bandage on it or whatever, and just say, ah, 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 no. no. And the very best acting is very easy, except for those who can't do it. <laughs> and yeah, and it's stuff like that that makes it makes it all worthwhile. Now, I I've always thought like it's I feel like so many people must have gone through Vince's workshops. Even uh, they they na- they named that character in the the TV series Entourage, Vin- Vinny Chase. Yeah. And I was like, that has to be an inside joke for all the actors who had gone through his studio. And by the time I met him, he was he was already. He seemed pretty ancient to me, and he because he was taught telling stories about working for Universal. He was a Universal coach for Universal and Studios MGM. and MGM, yep. and MGM at, at a separate time. So, and this would have been when uh, uh, 66. So, sixty six, 60s and seventies. Wow! And uh, and how did and how did you cro- you end up crossing? I was paths in the Royal Shakespeare Company. We right. were on tour, taking um, a, a show to Broadway called Marat Saad. The that the one historic that one yeah. production that crazy one, and um, we also did one in '75 as well, '1975 uh, uh, with Sherlock Holmes. We took both of those shows to Broadway at different differing times, but anyway, um, the we were invited by Universal to come and watch um, the Universal grounds and the trains and. The, you know the coaches going round and all that, which they're doing now, still the same. Mm-hmm. But they were doing it then, and as we stopped on our coach, the girl <laughs> who was our guide kept saying, "And now she said, what you're going to love here is that the, the, his, this is where they tell the story of Gilray's Island, <laughs> right?" And we're all going, "Who?" <laughs> <And she, laughs> Island? No? We went, no, I don't think we get that show anymore. Killigan's Island, it doesn't make it to, no, didn't make no, it to England? Doesn't make it. No, no. Not a thing. Not like, it wasn't like Monty Python over here? Oh, no. God, yeah, I don't no. like Monty Python. Oh, really? No, it's kid stuff. Oh, come on. Kid stuff. Oh, okay. Come on. Agree to good Play with a grown-up. Agree to disagree. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but anyway, and uh, suddenly the, the a guy genuinely popped out from... And it's Ross Turner, mm-hmm. the producer of All of Doris Day, um, Rock Hudson Rock movies. Hudson movies yeah. yeah. And he looked at me just for some strange reason. We lined up opposite each other. I said, Ross Turner, you, used to, you were a marvelous juvenile. I remember, oh, should I say that? He said, well, I'm a producer. But uh, yeah, it's okay. you can say that. And he was our guest. And uh, a bald-headed man then came around the corner and that was, Vincent was Vince. And Vincent said, I want you to come to, um, to, to, he said, to do, I want you to show them how you guys created Marat's art. I want to know that somebody else can do it. Well, I might say the thing about Marat's, Marat's art was that I was in New York having coffee in Childs in 42nd Street, and I looked over the shoulder of a guy who'd got, got a newspaper out. And uh, he looked at me and said, I and went, I. I said, has Jim Ryan won the mile? Has he done the mile? For he said, yeah. Uh, ooh, your accent. I said, what? Your accent. You're, you're, are you Irish? Are you American? Yeah, I said, no. No, I'm Anglo-Irish. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, he said, uh, 
you're in Marassad, right? I said, yes. Oh, my God. How do you do it? How do you do it? And retain your, and retain your innocence. <laughs> How do you do that? We should explain what Marat Saad is for the listeners. It was a production of of the Marquis de Saad by the Royal Shakespeare Company, directed by Peter Brook, that where the takes actors that takes place in the asylum, right. and where the actors, yes, the the the. The historical rap on this production right. is that it was a show where the actors went further into that level of madness mm. on stage yeah. to a point where audiences were literally we scared them. Yeah, yeah we scared. And it and it sort we're of genuinely scared them. It was already it was it was <laughs> revolutionary, but also particularly because it came out of the Royal Shakespeare Company, which yeah. is generally seen as very staid and serious. very civilized, and for mm. that for that. Era, it Not was, with Peter Brook. Yes. So anyway, I, I, I needed to fill no, that in. No, that's great. No, yeah. it's great. Now, and what it is, it, it's, it's third-dimensional acting. Glenda Jackson, what she was doing. I used to stand on stage and watch. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and anyway, third-dimensional acting. She's playing a patient in a lunatic asylum, circa 1812. She cannot remember or know the lines of the speech that she's been given, because she doesn't understand them, but she has just learned them, sort of, she just carried on and done it and learned that way. And she's also narcoleptic, so she's quite liable to burst into narcoleptic um, behavior. Wait, narcoleptic, what do you mean narcoleptic? means sleepy? Though? Yep, sleepy. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and she's gone. And anyway, that was the show on Broadway. One woman died, a poetess, died watching the show, we know that. And um, uh, Pat McGee, the star, the lead, Pat uh, got a heart attack on stage, collapsed, and suddenly we grabbed him, the men grabbed him, and we took him off stage. And now what are we going to do? And Brooke was luckily, happily there, our boss, the boss. He said, no, no, just keep, keep continue. They won't know the difference, they've not seen the play. So we did and finished the second half of the play. It was rather interesting. Without the marquee? Without the marquee decide. <laughs> and the, the, so the, <laughs> the lunatics were literally running the asylum. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. You've been dying away from being that one. Yeah, <laughs> Wonderful. But it's absolutely true. And then suddenly Brooks suddenly turned and said, okay, well, understudies. Yeah. And uh, who's the understudy? Morgan? Yes. Are you the understudy for the side? Yes. Do you know it? Mm-hmm. Yes. But I've never had a rehearsal. Oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I was on the next night. Wow. wow. That was my broad, my own personal Broadway debut. Broadway debut. Yeah. yeah. That show, it was something else. It was, no, I mean, it, it's... I've known you. How long we've known? Like you said, we've, since 1987. Thirty odd years. So, and plus. this, I, I, I feel like you, you talk about that production the way people who are veterans of wars talk. Like there's a mixture of pride, and yet it's it's burned onto your soul. Like it doesn't you, it's Funny still you working should, on you. Funny you should say that. Ian Richardson used to say who played 
Mara, Ian said, we've been in the trenches. Mm. He actually used to say that. We've been in the trenches. Because you can't escape. You can't escape Brooke. He won't mm -hmm. let you go. He will not let you go. And the thing about a play, you're just do you're doing it night, much like we were talking. There's a theme that's emerging in the show about doing things night after night. Oh, doing absolutely. Thing, if the consistency of like uh, Miranda has been talking yeah. about how she had a project where yeah. she was writing a song a day for 365 days. Right. I'm putting out a podcast every day. Right. You're talking about like when you're doing a production every day. It is even whether or not it's about madness. It's a kind of self-invoked madness to repeat something every day and once you get into that and i started to get into that again back in my acting and i've been acting 60 years you know and i i've now gone back to that just paint just play that guy what's the guy i don't know i don't know what the guy is yet i don't know what he is yet it's not important it's not important but i'll find it my god i'll find them i'll find the behavior you you said something in which tricked my mind was it's about behavior and once you get the behavior you then start you then start to get it you mm -hmm. start to get him or her you know Okay, I'm talking too much. No, no, no. But we uh, we are at the point where we're ready for your question for the pop oracle. Oh, so right. what do you have for us, Morgan? I cannot wait. Well, I will wait as long as it takes. <laughs> Does Vincent have an address? Hmm. That is a great question. Mm. Does Vincent have an address? And now to engage the Pop Oracle, you get to spin the Wheel of Eight. Oh. Na, 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 na. Wheel of Eight. <laughs> give it a good... Oop, we already came up on seven. Let's give it one more spin. Song number eight, mm -hmm. which is, <laughs> this is nice, Beach Bum. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Does Vincent have an address? Yeah. Hmm. Lay it on us, Miranda. busy with their real jobs they feed their families and they walk their dogs they got a construct they find purpose in sometimes they lose and sometimes they win some are extraordinary break new ground bet they don't spend their days lazing around wish i had learned a trade or skill Wish I had money and a stronger will. There's very little I'm inspired by. Just take me to the beach and let me lie. Don't make a schedule cause we're staying all day. I really don't mind if I get swept away. I like the noisy surf, I like the sun. I like not running into anyone. I like to fall asleep on fine soft sand Like to be at the very edge of land There's very little I'm inspired by Just take me to the beach and let me lie Don't make 
stand all day I really don't mind if I get swept away What use am I to society? Zyger with Beach Bum accompanied by Matthew Lurie. Matthew Lurie on the keyboards. And that was the answer to Morgan's question. Great question. What is Vincent's address? Or does does Vince wait? What, does, does, he Vince have, does Vince have an address? Yeah. And uh, I got so much out of that song as an answer. But Miranda, you want to tell us a little bit about the background of it for you when you um, were? Well, yeah, again, um, it was like a song a day thing. And so a lot of times um, before I would set about writing a song, which is really hard to just like make yourself be inspired. But what I would discover is like the more you do it, the more inspiration will come. And so this particular day, and I would always do a lot of um, just free writing journaling before I would begin. Like that was part of it. Actually, every single day I would also uh, write at least three pages of just free writing. And then I would write, um, then I would do other stuff. Um, (laughs) But so I was just writing about how uninspired I felt (laughs) and... um, and how all I could possibly fathom doing was just like, you know, staring at the sea and going to the beach. I love the beach. And, um, yeah, I just wrote about that. And then it, that was one of those songs where it just um, kind of like wrote itself. And there you have mm. it. What did you think about that as the answer to the question, Morgan? It'll go. It'll do. Yeah? It'll do. <laughs> uh, it's enough. <laughs> Well, I'll say, like, there were so many different things there for me. Ponder. <laughs> it it gave me this, I loved having this image of Vince at, like, Vincent at the beach are not, is not, those are two, I don't, I don't, I, I don't see him. No, Vincent in the study. Yeah, I don't see him at the no. beach, but something about the image of him there at the beach looking at the ocean <laughs> There's something that is so peaceful about that and like that idea of I don't mind uh, if I get swept away. Mm. And I think that's I think that's what we all could hope for at our end, that we can let go and Mm. be let go of and go into whatever 
surrender. He's yes, one of surrender. the few men I've met who genuinely loved his students. Mm. Mm -hmm. He had no children. He was never married. So he loved his kids. He just really did. And so many great actors came through that studio. Oh. I mean, uh, yeah. The last one was Bill Paxton. And I remember when I was, Bill. yeah. Marvelous actor, really. <sighs> yeah, and yeah. you know, you're not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I got to work with some pretty good people in those yeah, days there. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, you know, he was, and I, it's always, I've been thinking of it, it's funny because I always felt like he, I, I was never. I wasn't one of. I never like. I was one of Vince's guys. No, no. But I. I was thinking about it after when inviting you here, and I was thinking, what he did that was great as a teacher was he made sure that I was somebody's guy. Mm -hmm. I ended up being with you and Tom Shadyac, right. even though and Mark, my son. Yeah. With Tom Shadyac. Yeah. Yeah. And mm, even though yeah. I wasn't one of his, like he didn't. I've had teachers like that who I was like, if you're not in with them, mm. you're not going to make it in that in that workshop at all. Right. But that wasn't Vince. Vince was more like, and I it was a generosity I only really realized in this last week thinking about it. it was like in my mind I always thought, oh, I wish Vince liked me more. But I realize now that you can't love all of the students. But what you can do is you can, and this is what I, one of the things I can learn as a manager, you can make sure that each one of them is taken care of and gets, even if you can't be the one who gives them that thing, you can make sure that they get that thing. And if that, if he, if that was a conscious choice on his part and whether or not it was a conscious choice, it's something I'm very grateful. I'll, I'll always be grateful for to him. Those, my time at that workshop was a time that was so, uh, it seems weird to say about an acting class, but it was truly like sacred work that was going on in my life. Like wow, I was, you were bringing in some very esoteric practices to what we were doing that gave me an understanding of energy work that I wouldn't, I don't think I would have ever come across otherwise. And to be working with talented people, it's the same thing I love about working in management is that I get to work with a bunch of talented people. Right. And so... Uh, and so, yeah, I don't want, to, don't want to make it about me. It really is about it's about appreciating you and about appreciating Vince, Vincent Chase. And uh, and well, I hope he shocked that, me. Yeah, which was wonderful because one Sunday I said, "He said you're looking concerned. What are you doing here?" Sunday, I said, uh, "I was just hoping you'd be in." I've um, <clears throat> I, I'm doing a western. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, "You're doing a western?" I said, "Yes." <laughs> An American Western? I said, <laughs> yes. Like I did in the back garden in Ireland when I was a kid. And he said, what is it? I said, it's me I get to try and kill. I'm um, Marshall Dillon. Dodge. Return to Dodge. And it's all the gang. Mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a reunion again. 20 years of all the gang of Dodge. You know, all that. Marshall Dillon. And it was, one, it was a wonderful shoot. And uh, I was nervous because I know what it's like to live in a cowboy mind and realize that I was very fake. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, is there anything bother you? I said, yes, the ending. He said, well, I said, well, the end, you know, the ending is the walk down. He said, the walk down? I said, yeah. He said, show me, show me the way you walk. So uh, I showed him <laughs> my, what I call my Henry Fonda work, walk. Worn out, work, worked in and worn out. There it is. 
And he brings that, brings that to the place, to the arena. Okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> so I did the walk. So, so you did, did the, the, the Fonda walk. Yeah, I did the Fonda walk. Not very well. And Vince? Vince went, stop. Right. He said, uh, what, you're limping. I said, yeah. He, he gets arthritis. They all did in those days. I said, okay. He's got arthritis. Okay. Go up the hill. Let me see you go up the hill. So I started to play the beat where I was going up the hill. And as I was going up, he stopped. He stopped. Now, throw off the walk. No walk. The young man walk for the last time. Mm. What a note. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. That's exactly all I had to do. I'd got it. Yeah. Then I backtracked to where that could go. Right. To where, you know what I mean. Set it up. Exactly. Well, this is the kind of stuff that for years you have, this is the kind of pearls of wisdom that you've shared with your, oh, look act, who I with your students. With yeah. Look who I worked with. Oh, well, yeah. No. From, you know, from Mark Michael Caine. Looking yeah. at me and just saying recently, you know, and, and then he put the job, he just said, I mean, America's been very kind to you, hasn't it, boy? <laughs> <laughs> Of course, you know, I mean, Michael Caine's really great, but you you worked with Matt Frewer. That's <laughs> now that's something. Yes, that's true. That's Max Headroom, yeah. Not just Max Headroom. No. He's he's turned he's done he's, oh, he's, done, done, yeah. he's done some really great stuff. Yeah. He's become one of the great I think become yeah. a great, great character actor. Yeah. And you know, we could we could sit here and dish names forever, but you know, we gotta we gotta get Move the on. we gotta get the next guests in yeah. here. But uh but Morgan, I'm so glad that you got that you came down and you joined in this. It's uh you're one of my favorite people in the world and mm-hmm. have been okay. for the longest time. And you. And 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 I like I said, I've I will post uh, I will post links. Are you listeners, you should check out you hear the voice, but check out the face. You'll recognize him from so many things, and you'll be like, oh, my God, you had that guy on your show. And then you'd be very impressed. That's what I want to do, impress you. So, All right. Thanks a lot, Morgan. Take care. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Show. It's a good show.